0: What does your personal brand say? That's what we're going to dive into today with my friend Lauren Davis. Get ready, competitors! Brand new episode designed to help you be a better leader. Let's go. Good morning, Competitor Nation. Jake here, your Chief Encouragement Officer, and welcome back to the Compete Everyday Podcast. Today, we're welcoming my friend, Lauren Davis, as we dive into the importance of building a personal brand as a leader and how some of us don't even realize we already have that personal brand. But Lauren, gives some incredible tips, actionable takeaways you can do today to start building the brand that you want. And here's the key. It doesn't matter if you're a speaker, an entrepreneur, a corporate leader, or even one of the corporate managers working your way up the career chain. You need a strong personal brand, and Lauren has a ton of tips to help you build just that. She's been featured in Reader's Digest, Huffington Post, podcasts all over the world, and she was so gracious with spending time with us today. So I'm excited you're here and know that you're going to get better by listening to today's episode. As we head into the show, I want to encourage you with two easy ways to support the show. The first is just share this episode with a friend, share this episode with a coworker or share any episode from the compete everyday podcast with someone in your network, introducing them to ways they can improve their performance, their mindset and their life. The other easy way actually helps load you up with some extra motivation and that's heading on over to compete everyday.com and using the code podcast to get 15% off any order. To any shirt, any tank, any flag, a copy of my book, one of our Win Your Next journals, wristbands, and more, you can get 15% off with the code PODCAST at checkout. It's available anytime and every time for podcast listeners. So all you got to do to support the show is share an episode or pick you up some brand new motivating gear at competeeveryday.com. Now, let's welcome in my friend, Lauren Davis. Lauren, I am so excited to have you on the Compete Everyday podcast today. How are you?
1: I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me, Jake. This is so much fun.
0: Yeah, so uh, for everyone listening, we're going to deep dive into your story. But before we do, I want to give just a a massive shout out. Uh, Mike Kim actually introduced us. Uh, Shout out to Mike. When Mike and I met at another event and he was like, I'm not going to this event in Vegas, but I know some people that will be there you should meet. So we ended up connecting at lunch hit it off. You have done some incredible work with me behind the scenes, helping my speaking business. We're still doing some work together as we really refine what Compete Every Day looks like in 2023 and beyond, kind of tying in a lot of the the training and coaching with the e-com and everything else. And so you are a master at branding and tying stuff in and, and all of these great things that you're helping me with. And so I'm so excited to introduce you more to my audience because for a lot of people, you're kind of the wizard behind the curtain. Like you do a (laughs) lot of work with a lot of people and nobody quite knows until we start referring you. So one, first and foremost, if I, we were on an elevator with like five people and they were like, all right, Lauren, you got two floors. Who are you? And what do you do? How do you answer Uh, that?
1: Oh, wow. (laughs) I've always struggled with that because there's, I've, I've done so many amazing things and I've you know I'm so grateful for the life that I've had. Um, so I work specifically now with personal brands, podcasters, speakers, thought leaders who are building a presence around who they are and what they stand for and what stories they're putting out in the world.
0: Love it, sharp, right on the dot. Di- but as as you shared there, that that hasn't always been your story. And so I, before we dive into, you know, personal brand branding and really the importance of it, regardless of whether you are that that business owner or not. I want to flashback because as we were talking off air, 16 years ago, you went into a business that even at the time was not one that was like as hot as it was like 40 years ago. So tell me a little bit about this as well as what made you pull the trigger?
1: Yeah. Okay. So let's uh, jump in a time machine and go back to when I was 19 <laughs> and I opened a record store and owned that record store for 15 years with a partner um who was my my partner in life then as well and he um and i we we're we were too young to like we we're too what i always tell people and i say this with laughing about it too but we were kind of like too too stupid and too green to quit if that makes sense
0: like yeah. we were just
1: like okay well we're just gonna do this like no one's gonna tell us we can't do this no one's gonna this is we're not gonna fail and That mentality, I think, definitely got us through that first five or six years because it, if anyone who's listening to this has ever owned a local business or a brick and mortar, and I know you have some, brick, you have some local business in your history too, Jake, it's hard, you know, it's hard on relationships, it's hard on friendships, it's hard to to have a business especially like a record store where people need to spend their discretionary income and we decided to start it in the recession of 2008 through 2011. Um, it was definitely one of those things that taught me more from experience than i could have ever learned in school Um, and what i am so grateful for now is that i've been able to take these really unique small business concepts of what it takes to build a brand around your story and around who you are and bring those into helping speakers and leaders and people who are um, talking from the stage and they want to connect with their audience they want to connect with their community everyone needs community and small businesses really helped me um helped me learn how to build community working with small businesses i ended up creating a non-for-profit in 2010 to help small businesses succeed we hosted marketing conferences that rivaled other national conferences across the country. I'd bring speakers in that I'd meet across, you know, different conferences throughout the U S bring them to speak to our businesses. And what I really learned is you need to be able to engage. You need to be able to connect. You need to be able to communicate well and build relationships, open relationships with your customers. I learned that all through small business. And now I get to help people from stage or, you know, who are, who are building these personal brands do the same thing.
0: Well, and that not only speakers need to be able to do that, business owners, leaders. Like yes. there's a powerful point as a leadership to be able to communicate a, a story bigger than yourself, and especially when speaking into others. One of the things I want to I want to point on before we kind of shift into that branding a little bit more, is you you were saying 15 years ago you opened a record shop. It's 2023. We're talking 2008 in the middle of the recession. At this point, for those of us old enough, you remember Napster, you remember LimeWire, you remember the early stages of like downloading music to then you remember like everything moving kind of toward the online streaming little by little. It was kind of going that direction to where everything's in the palm of your hand. Yet y'all were here with still the physical product. Mm -hmm. And there's something about that that stands out to me because your customer wasn't everybody who likes music. And you weren't trying to appeal to everyone who likes music. And I think a lot of times, as business owners and leaders, we want everybody to like us. We want everybody to do business with us or refer us, but we're not for everybody. And so, talk to me about understanding that and being okay about not being for everybody.
1: Sure. Um, So, one of the first things—well, one of the things I used to always tell my ex-husband—and he, you know, I kind of would say this all the time was what is the thing that makes us legendary to people you know how um well we would see it all the time uh, a child would come in and trade in their vinyl that their grandpa had given them or their dad had given them and on the on the record on the cover you would see a sticker from the original record store that that record came from like in the 60s or the 70s that sticker was still on the record cover So I was like, how do we become that record store that people say, oh, remember back way back when, when we used to go to that records, like that record store, how many good memories we had. And then we'd sit out in the car and we'd smoke a little or something like that. You know, (laughs) there's all these stories from the sixties and seventies that people would have these like deep affinity reactions to the business that they were talking about. So I would say it all the time, like what is the thing that makes us legendary? So we started by asking ourselves that all the time. We did little things like we put stickers on our records, even though no record stores were really doing that anymore. We we custom stick, stuck stickers on every single record on the plastic so people didn't have to keep them on if they didn't want them, right? Yep. Um, we did things like we sought out for our gift section of our store, we sought out only purposeful brands. So brands that had a story that they had a mission they were like women owned minority owned very like as, as much story as possible because we wanted to make sure that people knew when they were spending money at our store they were spending money on something that was helping the world or giving back to the world in some way um so we we did little things like that but it's not just enough to do those things you have to also tell the stories about those things you have to share those things with others. You have to remind customers when they're walking in the door that that's how you do business, that's how you operate your store and not for a pat on the back, but just so they know that when they are spending money with you, they're contributing to some kind of legendary success or um, they're contributing not to some legendary success some to some um personal deep mission of ours as business owners and also to themselves. So they feel like they're also spending something with their their money, you know, um with their consumerism, they're actually doing something good good for the world. So, in many ways, we asked ourselves all the time, "How can we be that legendary business?" And that's kind of what helped set us apart. Um, I also got I fell deep into understanding how marketing worked, and that's actually in around 2010. Uh, you know, I was like 23 years old, and people were coming up to me and saying, "Like, how are you getting people to co- come into this store?" <laughs> like. was it was
0: it friends or was it like other local businesses in your city
1: other local businesses were saying how on earth are you getting people in here like this isn't something that everyone needs this isn't um something that everyone wants how are you getting the word out how are you getting on the news so much how are you getting people to talk about you how are you getting in the newspaper and we i it it propelled me into this deep world of marketing and psychology and why we were somehow connecting to the community in a way that others weren't. And that's kind of where I started, why I started that non-for-profit because I really wanted to be able to help other business owners for free. I just wanted to be able to help them connect with each other, collaborate with each other, share and not feel so alone. I knew that we were becoming like this leadership space for those businesses to come ask questions to. I wanted them to be able to lean on each other as well. And then the second thing I did is I started my own marketing company. So I started a business where I could help people learn these concepts and understand them. I went to school. uh, I went back to school for it. I did as much personal research and education as I could. I started going to conferences and, you know, this is all you know, way, way back when, right? Like I'm 35 now, so it's quite a while ago, but you're
0: still so young,
1: <laughs> but learning all of mm-hmm. those things together. Um, and I I couldn't, I couldn't take one of those pieces out of the puzzle and still have the success that I have now the the personal success, the success that I'm measuring in myself. I think that all of those pieces, even though I don't, I, you know, I sold my half of the record store to my ex. I feel like now I know how much of an impact all of those pieces of the puzzle meant to me in the grand story of where I am in my life now.
0: Yeah. It's that reminder. And I, and I can't remember who said it, but like, we can't connect the dots looking forward, only looking back and start right. to see those pieces. One of the things I'm interested by that I know leaders listening today, either internally or working externally is you built this nonprofit, you got businesses who were really maybe not in direct competition, but they were in competition for the local community's dollars to come together and collaborate, Mm -hmm. which is really hard because we live in a society of a lot of scarcity mindset versus the abundant mindset that says we can all win. Let's figure out how we each get better for it. How did you get people that were involved with that? Because you had great success with it to buy into that abundance mindset and really work together to make the community experience as a whole better versus like, I'm only care about my little pie.
1: I think that every business owner, no matter who you are, no matter where, what kind of industry that you're in, no matter what leadership role you're in, there's times where it feels so isolating like even your, your husband or your wife or your partner or your friends or family, they don't, you can't connect with them on it. Sometimes, you know, there's like pieces of the puzzle where you're like, I wish that I had someone to talk to you about this. I wish I had someone to, that would just understand me. And so I asked people, I begged them to take a chance on it, you know, to take a chance on coming to these networking meetings. I said, Um, This is not gonna be like the same networking meetings you've been to in the past, you know, this is gonna be a little different. I also made sure that every event we had had an educational element and that they could learn something that night for free. So it wasn't gonna be just some sponsor standing up on stage talking about their business and how you could work with them. It was going to be something where um, a local business owner would be able to teach something to the audience and the audience at this networking event would it be able to walk away having learned something new. And then we really encouraged cross networking through directories, through Facebook groups, through connecting business owners with each other. At one point during the pandemic, I literally sent out my phone number in an email to all 1000 business owners and managers. And I said, hey, I don't know how to help you at this very moment i i literally don't know but i just know that i'm available for a conversation and if i know someone who i can connect you to i will connect you to them local business wise so i just said i tried to set the tone um that one as for a community you need to you need to come together you have to be able to understand each other and you won't feel so isolated if you do i promise you you know two yeah. you have to keep learning you have to have some kind of educational element um, in order for your, your brain to keep thinking of new ideas and to keep innovating, you have to learn. So come learn. If anything, you walk away and have, learning something, have learned something for the night, right? Yep. Um, and three, once I got them in the door, then I, I tried to open their mind to collaboration over competition as much as possible. And what happened was really beautiful. You know, We, we saw business owners opening up uh, we saw business owners feeling safe to be vulnerable with each other, feeling safe to share ideas. We created lots of little uh, masterminding opportunities within our events where people could do roundtable discussions and talk through really tough challenges in their businesses. And when people feel safe to be themselves and to talk about the things that are scaring them or, or making them stay up at night, that's when the magic happens. That's when when people feel really close and feel like they can move forward because they've gotten it all out of their head they've gotten every objection out of their head and they can work together and not feel as alone not feel as isolated
0: i love it i love it yeah that that was always something that was unique to me because you think about most of us are concerned about competition say on the internet and people in other places but when you're a local business Mm -hmm. and everything's that in-person face-to-face it's a whole different animal and especially when you have that whole different animal gets hit with a pandemic And the importance of community during those times together through that. So I appreciate you kind of deep diving and and hopefully some folks listening are generating some ideas. I want to switch gears to your specialty, personal branding, creating content, all of those amazing things that you've been just one, a joy to work with on our end and two, incredible at the work you do with a lot of people in that space. For a lot of leaders, they understand, okay, yeah, it's good to have a personal brand. If you're like Jake, you're a speaker, you're building a business, you're getting on stage. I'm a CEO inside of a company. I'm a director level on a sales team. Like, why do I need a personal brand? What's the importance of it? So tell me a little bit about it and why it's not just a entrepreneur, small business thing.
1: Okay. So some people will feel one way or another about what I'm about to say, but- that's okay whether you believe it or not, or whether you think you do or not, you already have a personal brand. There, people are already saying things about you when you're not in the room. Like good things, hopefully not bad things, but you know, they're, especially yeah. in leadership, like you already have a brand. You are, you have a reputation for who you are, right? Um, But there are there are five things that I think tie into, building a personal brand that whether you're in leadership, whether you're a business owner, um, whether you are a leader of a non profit the executive director, like all, a lot, all of those things have these five things. And that is how, how will people find you? So if they need to get in touch with their leader, the leadership that they're talking to, that they're trying to find, how will they find you? First of all. So that might tie into your social media, you know, where they can find you, things like that. And I'll, I can go through all of these in detail. The second thing is, how will they experience you once they get there? So once they find you, how are they gonna experience you? The next part of that is, how are they going to continue your relationship? How they're gonna cont- continue talking to you? How they're gonna continue opening that relationship with you? Um, number four is, do you have a simple operating system for keeping them in your network? or keeping contact with them? And five is, how do you want people to refer you or to talk about you when you're not in the room? And those are the five questions that I, I think that every person should ask themselves about having a personal brand, no matter what industry you're in.
0: One thing I'm curious about that is, where is the line between that fifth one? How do you want people to talk about you when you're not in that room? versus Mm -hmm. the obsession with caring what they say
1: oh that's a good one because we
0: you know our two biggest fears in life for the most part are fear fear of failure and fear of other people's opinions and words Mm -hmm. and a lot of that's Mm -hmm. tied together like what are other people going to say about me if I fail or try something new so what's kind of that line of like establishing who you want to be known as when you're not there versus really caring and living and dying more than anything on the praise and criticism when you're not there?
1: I think, well, first of all, I think that like the one through three really tie into that. Um, So I don't know if you want me to dive into those right this second, but I do wanna say that number five, how do you want people to refer to you? How do you want people to refer you? Um, So like in a local business sense, how do you want people to actually literally refer your business to others? Um, in a leadership sense, how do you want people to refer to you when you're not in the room? That really ties down to your values. It's less about what people think of you, and it's more about how you're showing up. How, if you are, one of the presentations I gave during the pandemic was, um, I, there was a question that I asked business owners that, and leaders that were, that really struck a chord with them. And the question was, in 10 years, how do you want to be remembered for responding to this situation or in three years how do you want to be remembered for responding to the situation it's not about what people's opinions are of you it's about what actions are you taking or or non-actions are you taking which is also fine Um, what things are happening and how are you showing up in this world based on your values based on who you are and based on that one through three, right. Based on how people are experiencing you based on how people are finding you um, based on how you're continuing that relationship with them. So that's so, more what it's about. Yeah. So
0: one of one of the things along those lines, I'm curious kind of your thoughts on is I, one, I a hundred percent agree. You have a personal brand, whether you actively are building it or not, yeah. like, <laughs> your actions are building it one way or another
1: uh-huh. and
0: personal brands have been around forever. Like, Two hundred years ago, the person that owned the general store in the western town had a personal brand. Some people had to go there, and some people would say, "So and so, you go for me." I don't want to deal with that person. I don't like that person. I think they're crook. Whatever. There is all. There's always these things. And what I'm curious about is, is there's a there is a requirement, there is a need to to publish content online to further cement that personal brand. Your brand's really defined by your actions offline and those values. Uh, Because if you're someone different online than you are offline, uh, it's never going to work out well when somebody actually meets you in person. And so your actions offline heavily influence and create that personal brand. But there is something to that online persona and just being willing to share some of those thoughts. In your opinion, and and I know some of your work is getting people to do this more effectively, which is I'm teeing, (laughs) want to tee some of up what what you do. But like having just even once a week sharing thoughts and ideas and things online for leaders that are like, well, I don't have anything new or interesting to say. I don't know what I'm going to say. How do we get them past that idea of there's, there's value to be had. And, and it's honestly your responsibility to share it in further building your personal brand online, even if you're not a quote, social media person. So I
1: think what people, I think that this is such a multi-layered question.
0: I know, I know. And I, I, I gave you a huge wad <laughs> right here to run with and untangle okay. a yarn any way you want because I know there's okay. a lot to it, but I'm also thinking about people who I know listen to the show. And they've never taken the steps to really build out that personal brand yeah. or even kind of knowing, and the the feedback is like, I don't have anything new to say. I don't have anything original to say. And I laugh. I don't have anything new to say. I just see things from a different perspective that have already been talked about and add a little bit of my own opinion to it. But it's different when it's coming from me because they're like, well, you need to do it to get on stages.
1: Okay. And you're so the coach
0: I, who actually yeah. helps people understand this.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to go back to that step one. Will people yeah. find you? Because- If you're publishing content, but people can't find you or they don't know with you, then there's no point. Right. So that first step will people find you, you need people to be able to find you. So that means if you are, if your primary audience is on LinkedIn or your company, you want to make sure that your headshot looks like you. Um, You want to make sure that you are on the platforms that you need to be on right like whatever platform it is for your industry that you should be on you want to be on those platforms you want to make sure that your bio in those platforms are is consistent right um but what i ask people to do sometimes is to take a second and google their name and whatever they think they're associated with so like sometimes people's names won't just come up because they're they have a more common name or something, right? But something they think they're associated with, like the business that they're associated with or the industry that they're associated with. Google your name and see what the path is for people going from that googling point to finding you or getting a hold of you. Um or to having some kind of uh, what I like to call as a relationship with you online. Okay? That's the first thing. Because if that is not consistent and people can't figure out where you are or how to find you, then it doesn't even matter if you're putting content out there, you know, there's, there's no point, right? It's not that hard though. It's not that hard to Google your name with the industry that you're associated with. Okay. And then the second part is how will they experience you once you get there? And so that's where the content comes into play. So the initial concept is like, what will they find that represents you once they get there. So I talked about your, your headshot and your bio, right? Your bio needs to say a little bit about you. It might include like a little personal detail that people could connect to. Um, I think maybe yours has something about your dogs and your, in your bio on Instagram, it, maybe Jake, I'm not sure. I think so.
0: well, I was about to say it, it does. And my, my intro on my keynotes has the currently lives in frisco with his wife and their three dogs and i don't ever we don't i don't say my wife's name and i don't know but i I always we always put the dogs sugar biscuit and donut because it immediately gives oh like he's like this is a fun guy like it it creates a sense with them before we start because i come out of the gate like we're talking about competing
1: (laughs) yeah yeah so so that's exactly it so people have a way to connect to you personally even if you're not sharing like the most personal information. Right. It's something that they're like, oh, he's a dog guy. I like dogs, too. This is great. You know, like there's something about adding a little personal tidbit that really that really stands out because it makes you memorable. Right. It's kind of almost like telling a mini story inside your bio. And then with your head, your headshot, I always say do the grocery store test. So if someone was looking at your headshot and then they bumped into you at the grocery store, would they know it's you? Um, some I'm going to, I'm going to
0: say something that's going to fire up some people. Oh, and no. if you're listening to the show, realtors, I love you, <laughs> but some of us in real estate have headshots that are five to 10 years old and we put it everywhere. And then when people meet us in person, we think, that's not the same picture. We all so- age. We can be graceful in our age. But don't use something that's 10 years old because people will not recognize you. And it actually, I would say, and d- disagree with me here. I think it actually creates a sense of distrust if your picture online does not match what you really look like offline because immediately makes me think, oh, you have a fake persona.
1: It's, that's a really good point. Um, the consistency of it matters. Like what you even said about your bio, how it's in your bio plus you say it in your intro on stage like about your dogs like all of that kind of consistency throughout your LinkedIn page, your Instagram page, then if you're on TikTok, your TikTok bio, and then on also in the intro to your keynote talk, like all of that consistency matters because it is it's show you're showing up with honesty and integrity as yourself. And I want to put a big and here. It should be really who you are. Like No one needs you to be some fake version of yourself for the world. You need to be exactly who you are because when you meet someone in person, you're going to show up as yourself and that's how they will experience you. That's number two. How will they experience you? Once they find you, how will they experience you? So they'll experience your bio, they'll experience your pictures, they'll experience your content. So that means the content that you're creating, needs to also be consistent with how you want to be like how you want to be what you want to be known for right so like if you're a speaker you want to be known as a a keynote speaker i want to see in the first nine photos on instagram that you're on stage because you need you're putting into the world that yes i am speaking i'm on stages i want to be known as a speaker that is who i am that is what i do right um if you are a realtor I want to see in the first nine photos, like you meeting with a client, or you and a client and their keys to a new house, or you consulting with a client or going over something with them. I want to see the thing that you want to be known for in your content. Now, here's the part where I get a little bit like ranty about it is that I think there is absolutely no point to forcing yourself to create content if it's not actually coming out of your soul. So there's a lot of people who say, like, Oh yeah, you can beat or hack the algorithm by, you know, you can if you got it. If you want to blow up on TikTok, you got to post like six times a day. You got to post at these different times, and and on Instagram, the best time to post is two a.m. And like, I despise that stuff because I <laughs> because it's not real. Um, yes, you could. Yes, you could absolutely have a post go viral. Absolutely, you can blow up on TikTok. Totally. 100%. But like, is that your goal? Like, is your goal to blow up on TikTok or is your goal to have a super successful business?
0: I was going to say the, we've talked about here on the show, but some of the most successful speakers I know, teeny tiny Instagrams, like Mm -hmm. not a huge following online. LinkedIn's probably good, but for a lot of other channels, it's very small,
1: Mm -hmm. but they
0: don't care. They're making millions of dollars doing the work they love. They don't need the likes and the followers because they do the actual work. But if you go online and you see their page, it aligns with who they are offline and it aligns with their business.
1: It absolutely does. Now. So I want to say that. And should you be showing up in some kind of consistent manner? Yes. I don't want to go to one of your pages and see that you haven't posted since March of 2020. That, is probably not great um just because people want to know that you're actively in business that you're doing something that they want to see your story they want to hear stories about you so what i always ask people is to really think about how often they can actually post quality content consistently if that's once a week then that's once a week if that is three times a day and they love that and that's like giving them life, then by all means they should do three or six times a day, whatever they want. Um, But I want them to ask themselves like what their actual goal is. And that goes into number three, which is how will you continue your relationship with these people? So if you're a leader, if you are a personal brand, you're on social media, you're an influencer, um, the next way that they'll continue their relationship with you is through your main content source so um i always ask people to if they're just starting out and building their personal brand i ask people to think about in what way do they create content the most easily so for me i this is going to sound crazy but like the content that i create starts as an instagram post for some reason my brain says this isn't a big deal to write an instagram post But if I was like, I'm going to write a blog, I'm going to have to like get a coffee, I have to like sit down, put some focus music on, I to like think it through, it takes me way too long to get something out. So sometimes things for me start as an Instagram post in the notes of my phone. Then from there, I create a podcast episode, I create a blog post, I create an email that goes out to my subscribers. Um, I can sometimes create even a lead magnet from it if the if the inspiration hits. Um, And that's, you know, as me, as a personal brand, as a speaker, as, as someone who is a solo entrepreneur, that being said, for, for leaders, I would love to ask them and to have them ask themselves, what is the way they create content the best? And as an example, one of my clients, I am, (laughs) every time I talk to them, I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is so nuts. But the way that they create content is they talk out into their phone they don't stop they don't pause they say less ums than i've said in this interview by far so far they don't have any filler words i don't know how they do it but they talk it into their phone and have the phone transcribe them and then they send it to their assistant and their assistant edits it for a podcast and for a blog post and it is like the most supreme premium content i've ever read they are such a good writer but it starts for them by verbalizing it so everyone processes things different everyone does things different there is no right or wrong way and what i really find when people are creating content is they get stuck in this like learning bubble where they think that someone some guru told them they have to do it this way and now they can't get out of their i their head that they can't they have to start there and then they have to repurpose it all these other ways and they have to be on every platform and they have to do this. No, there's no right or wrong way to be yourself. If you're always being yourself, you're being true to yourself, then you're always doing it right. So start with the way that makes sense for you. For me, it starts as an Instagram post. For my client, it starts as as them talking into their phone and transcribing it. How does it start for you, Jake?
0: It's all over the place. Um, honestly, like, I mean, literally I do it a a zillion different ways. Um, I do the voice memo sometimes when I'm out walking, um, Mm -hmm. I'll voice memo pieces for a book and thoughts Mm -hmm. there, and then I'll transcribe it later and come back to it. Um, sometimes it's just literally sitting down making a note in my phone. I'll do like one to two lines of like something, come back to this later. And then when I sit down to create some content, I'll tie it in and Then I'll be like, oh, I actually want to turn this into an email. Mm -hmm. Um, So I use a ton of different options for it. um, Mainly because I'm always trying to stay in that curious mode with as much content as we create of like, ooh, what can I learn and how can I use this? And so every day I'm trying to find at least one piece of content. But what I tell other people is like, just have an open note in your phone and just jot down a quick idea, a sentence, a quote, something that you see and, and visit it later and chew on it where you want to
1: yeah yeah start with what comes easiest to you yeah right start with if it's writing if it's talking if it's voice memoing however it works for you if you need to just text it to somebody and then copy paste that text into something later you know there's everyone is so beautifully different in the way that their thoughts create their actions and i think that we if we just leaned into what makes us feel good about creating content then content won't feel so scary
0: yeah no i and i'll even say when i feel stuck working on an idea or a concept i'll do i'll actually go up to our office and whiteboard it and just write out stuff mm. and draw stuff on it things that i don't traditionally or consistently do but it's something different that sometimes forces me to think about it a little bit differently. If I ever feel like I get stuck and talking through, it's not really helping. So sometimes I try to visualize it. So it's kind of all over the board, but I want to echo the, the fact that you said of like just setting a consistent schedule. If it's once a week, it's once a week. But one thing I, you know, encourage folks when you're starting is once a week, do a post on say a LinkedIn. And then for two other days that week, just spend 10 minutes on the platform and go out and comment on other people's posts that are similar.
1: Yes. Because that that'll be,
0: start to build yeah. your brand without having to think about, oh my gosh, I have to post, I have to create, I have to write. Engage, post and engage yes. with others.
1: That is the often forgotten part, forgotten about piece of how people continue the relationship. So if someone, like, I, what I like to say is answer people like, as if it's someone you love on the other side of that comment you know answer people for real don't just you know send a couple emojis or something like that but like actually take some time and and write out a comment to someone about something that you care about and if you do then what you'll find is people actually notice because everything is so noisy now and we're going to see it get even noisier with chat gpt and like a lot of AI running social media posts and the posts that are real um, and the engagement that is real is really going to stand out.
0: Yeah, easy, easy, yeah. simple, simple process. Doesn't take a ton of time, but starts to build that. What do you want to be known for? How do you want people mm-hmm. to interact with that whole process lauren this has been awesome i really appreciate you just diving into this stuff for us today where can people learn more about your work and then if interested in a good fit work with you
1: sure um i have a podcast myself called the real personal branding podcast uh, you can find me there and i'll also if i will also share a resource with you where people can download 100 plus free prompts um, for kind of creating that content on social media and learning a little bit more, uh, or having those prompts that really help them figure out who they are inside and what to write about. That's not just, you know, those things that you can download off the internet that are like, talk about Valentine's day, talk about Christmas, you know, it's like,
0: yep. GPT uh, is not going making- to help you with that one thing from a no. personal side.
1: No, I'll give you some real, real questions to ask yourself to kind of think through those stories that really make you who you are.
0: Love it. Love yeah. it. And then your, your favorite social media platform.
1: Oh, please find me on Instagram. I am, I am the only person who touches my Instagram or my LinkedIn. Um, the messages there are all me. So if you want to connect with me, if you listen to this podcast episode, please come find me. Say hi. I'm at L Davis Creative on Instagram.
0: Lauren, you're the best. Thanks for coming on the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun.